You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, well, well. Welcome to this Wednesday show. Hope everybody is having a good old time. It's Wednesday. Hmm. Anything special about today? I don't know. Maybe perhaps the brand new New Orleans Saints will be feeling officially introduced. <laughs> I think you know what I mean. You may hear from him at the end of the show. Uh oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's get Today's more that what that camera Wednesday hump day is what it is. It is Shock Sheen, the Digital Underground, head coach Sean Payton, former here New Orleans Saints, soon to be perhaps studio analyst. Remember back over the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, he said he was going to TV, he's not coaching, but more than likely studio. I, I'm kind of surprised by that, honestly. I am. I'm kind of surprised by that. That said, words of wisdom. To all the ladies, peace and happiness forever. The games have been announced. The International Series. Your New Orleans Saints. We got a date. We got an opponent. As to where your black and gold will be playing overseas. Are you going to go? Maybe we make that a question of the day. Have you gone overseas and seen them? Well, would you go? Like, would they, would the matchup against the team be the reason you go? The location, the site, the place? Munich. Germany. Mexico City, Mexico, and London, a couple of different places here. Wembley Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium hosting two games, uh, three games total across the pond in jolly old England. As we said, Germany and Mexico City. We'll touch on all of that and kind of get your opinion on there here as well as we welcome you to the show. 800-998-1003. Buddy, back over in the LaRose Studios. He always likes it when you give him a call and you say hello to him. I hope you do when you call. Um, he'll take your phone calls, 800-998-1003. Got a handful of topics on the day to touch on. And don't forget tomorrow, I'm already looking forward to it. I've already perused it. I'm doing my best to look past the pizza on the menu. We'll be at Katie's tomorrow. As last week, we kicked off uh, something new we're doing here. Probably because Uncle Earl needed somewhere to go, and he did show up and provided some uh, some deer sauces. I appreciate that. That's that's really nice of you. Um, but yeah, we'll be we we're calling it you know Thursdays with the crew of Katie's Katie's Scott Craig. Three different places he's a part of. Katie's thirty seven zero one Iberville Street uh, in New Orleans, Mid City. That's where we'll be. We're at Francesca's Deli last week, five fifteen Harrison, and we're going to be I'm assuming next week over at. Um, Bienvenue on Hickory over here in Harahan and all three great places. Problem is, it's just me. Like whether it was Vinny's or it's whether we were at Tracy's, you name it. I always get like the same thing every week or all the time. And, you know, I just, I, I keep looking at the menu and there's just so many different things to kind of choose from. So, um, my, my goal is that every time we're at this place, I will try something different, you know. But looking forward for you guys to stopping by. I got a bunch of ideas, uh, with these Thursday remotes here as well coming up. So give us some time. We just started on Thursday, but giveaways, things of that nature. Me and Scott are already talking about different things to do and we'll have some fun. So hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Stop on by. Mr. Black's going to do his best to at least honk from us from Canal Street. It's, it's in the neighborhood, Katie's. So it's kind of hard to park. Literally, he's got like one of those, it's almost like a moving truck, man. I mean, I know that's not what you're doing, but I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those big old delivery trucks. So it's kind of hard for Mr. Black to be there, uh, at least to park. But we will be in and about different parts of the area in town. So I'm kind of excited about that. So it's Harahan, Lakeview, and Mid-City uh, every other Thursday, or every Thursday in the month, just different parts of town. NBA playoffs continuing last night. Did you enjoy the games? Did you enjoy the games? Because one of the storylines is Jordan says, um, Draymond Green's becoming, I don't know, um, 
<sighs> I don't, is it villain? Is Raymond Green a villain or does he just enjoy sort of the role that he's sort of in? Remember he got ejected in game one yesterday. He, uh, he, he give, he gives the crowd the old Jordan Kleber, the old, uh, you're number one. And then after the game, he says, uh, that he can afford it, that he can afford it. So he doesn't care if he, uh, <laughs> gets fined for it or not. The fans were after him. He was after him. If you're going to boo somebody who get elbowed in the eye and face running on blood, you should get flipped off. So I'll take the fine. I'll go do an appearance and make up the money. But it felt really good to flip him off. You're going to boo someone that get elbowed in the eye and blood running on your face? I could have had a concussion or anything. So if they're gonna if they're gonna be that nasty, I can be nasty too, and I'm assuming the cheers was because they know I'll get fine. Great, I make twenty five million dollars a year. I should be just fine. Yeah. So you know, again, I look, I listened to it, and he did. He get popped in the eye. Look, they, I think they they had yesterday the the quickest ejection ever. Right, Brooks from uh from Memphis <laughs> got ejected. So. It's a uh, it's a contentious series, and I get it. I get it. You you, you have the Warriors; they kind of have their their own, you know, swagger, pride, so look of that nature. Draymond's the the oil in that engine, man. I'm telling you. Um, and you have Memphis trying to prove that they belong. That in a year after, you know, winning their play in situation, then getting into the first round last year, then getting all the way to the second seed. They're trying to prove what they can do and who they are. I mean, in an NBA season's time, Jean Morant has catapulted himself into the discussion of one of the best players in the NBA to the point where analysts throughout the season have been talking about it. Is he, is he going to be the next face? I know it was Zion last year and stuff, but who is, who's going to replace LeBron? Who's, who's the guy? Look, I, I said this. There was a game earlier in the year, right, where he had, an insane dunk down the lane. It was just, I mean, that, that in itself was the highlight of the month. Later that game, at the end of halftime, a full court pass from the inbound. He catches it in the left corner in front of a team bench and somehow does a turnaround fadeaway jumper three in midair. Catches it in the air and does that, by the way. I don't know which one was more spectacular. That was the same game. I said at the time, he's doing things that remind you of early Jordan. Early Jordan, you know, skinny, early Chicago, almost in cursive on, on the jerseys. Jordan, well before they won or contended or got into arguments with the Pistons before that. I'm talking about when it was Jordan versus the league. He's got a much better team around him, by the way. And, and is, am I the only one that thinks that Desmond Bain looks like, I, is he a D-end tight end? Like, he is massive. Like, the arms on that guy, <laughs> that dude is absolutely Massive, and sometimes I guess we're so used to sort of seeing since for the most part they're all kind of the same height or similar when we look at it on TV. You do get a bigger sense when you go in person and look at these guys. But, you know, last night, again, TNT is just like, they, they should play all the games. I just, I know that those guys complain about all the work they do, but it is just so much fun. So, you know, at halftime they're doing, um, Kenny Smith is doing a kind of demonstration of that that play that the Warriors use so well, misdirection, kind of getting it underneath and, and using a pick and things of that nature. And they brought in the the baseball crew from TBS, right? And it was so crazy when they go, they get on the court that they have in the studio and you realize just how big Kenny Smith is compared to the baseball guys, just how big Chuck is, and Shaq's a monster. I mean, like when you put Shaq to real normal human beings and even that baseball professionals, Hall of Famers, it's um, it's incredible when you look at uh, you know, Pedro's out there running point, and you just see how monstrous uh, some of these guys are. But the whole point I'm getting at is w- when you look at some of these players, man, it's um, you you, you kind of get, you know, in all. I mean, uh, uh, the athleticism and how good these teams sort of are. So you can kind of see in this series, y- you have this Memphis team that that is big. They provide matchup problems, man. Um. And then you have Ja, 47 points last night, eight rebounds, eight assists. He was spectacular. I mean, spectacular. Like, and, and, and I, 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 I try to not 
use the word Jordan or name Jordan, say things on nature, because, again, that's a standard and that's a player that just is unique, right, and different. But I remember growing up watching him, it was must-watch any game. November, December, Tuesday night, Saturday night, bum team, the Knicks. Like, you had to make sure you watched when he played the Knicks in the regular season. I just, like... You just didn't know that play, with quarter, with half, in any game, you were going to see the next Gatorade commercial. Right? I mean, you did. By the way, this series just took another turn. As the news has come out, Gary Payton the second, when he got fouled by Dylan Brooks in the game again, the game had just started. Um... He's been ejected, and now the NBA is going to decide to suspend him because Gary Payton II has now suffered a broken elbow off of that. So needless to say, that game, ooh, as you look at the replay, is just brutal. Um, And you look at the replay, Brooks clocks him on the side of the head, the right ear. Payton II can't really brace himself, lands on that right elbow. He's, he's broken it. So now you have an injury that is absolutely severe. You had Draymond later in that game take an elbow that, again, as he said, drew blood. He flicks off the crowd. Draymond's been ejected from game one. Um, game three will be contentious, <laughs> to say the least, when it comes into to this, huh? Wow. So... That is going to be nuts. Here's what Jay Williams had to say this morning on this very play. Dylan Brooks barely left the ground, and he winds up. If you're going to foul somebody hard in a fast break, you jump and you meet them at the rim, you let your body connect with them, and you try to beat it up that way. But you don't club them over the head. Gary Payton the second extends the ball. He doesn't even seem like he goes for the ball. And it was a reactionary play, but still, clubbing somebody over the head while they're in transition, it's a worse foul than the flagrant two that I have for Draymond Green. Now, Draymond Green didn't get suspended for another game, but the NBA needs to do the right thing here and suspend Dylan Brooks for game three because there's no place in the game of basketball for something like that to happen. Mm. 106-101 is the final. Grizzlies do win in that game. Celtics, they hammered the Bucks 109-86. So those two games have been kind of blowouts by both sides on opposite end. But that's something, again, we're going to be looking at as they get back to Milwaukee on the other series and Golden State. Uh, for them, so we will see how that goes. No games um, on Thursday. They all will resume on Saturday is when you will have the, the other games. So you get an extra day of rest and an extra day of travel. You'll actually will have another game between the 76ers and Heat and the Mavs and Suns um, before the Celtics and Bucks play a game three and the Grizzlies and Warriors play a game three. Those series are tied at game one, no games tomorrow. And Friday, as we said, it'll be another game between the Heat and 76ers, this time in Philly, and the Suns and Mavericks, this time in Dallas. So tonight, Philly is in Miami, as Miami leads that series 1-0, and Dallas is in Phoenix, and the Suns lead that series 1-0. They'll play another game to give it, you know, their their third game in the series before uh, we see the Bucks. Celtics and of course the Warriors and Grizzlies. Who are you like in that series? Huh? Would it be something if Memphis won that? I mean, again, the Warriors, if they're they're rolling and they play well, and just if you're if you're Memphis, man, I think getting a win out of there would, would be a big thing. I just I don't see them getting two, especially if you start getting guys like Dylan Brooks and stuff suspended for a game. That's gonna be real, real tough to do that. But again, this series is something else, man. Uh <laughs> Bloodied faces, broken elbows, ejections, and double middle fingers. <laughs> it's, that's just uh, the NBA playoffs. But look, I, I'm still kind of I'm having withdrawals from uh, not having you know Pell's playoff games this past weekend. But I'd love to hear from you. What do you think about Draymond Green and his comments afterwards? Is is he this NBA season's villain? You know, back in the day, Dennis Rodman. As Juan Kincaid from Fox 8 mentioned, you remember him. And if you were a Bulls fan, you loved him. 
and you knew that if he showed up at your place or you were playing him, he's going to do something. He's going to get somebody to get you a flagrant or something. And look, to an extent, we sort of feel that way about the big three, right? To have a villain or the villains, the team that you couldn't wait to, you know, not like or hate. I don't know, for whatever reason. Anyway, 800-998-1003, your guest list for today. We're going to have... Um, Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette at 12.30 to get his take on the Saints, the NFL Draft, the Tyron Matthew signing. And then, of course, we will have Pat G. Conteri, Coach G. We've skipped a couple of Wednesdays because we had the golf tournament. We had the draft. We had NBA playoff games. So a lot to get into there. But a, a jersey sold uh the hand of God play. Sold for a lot at an auction recently. An Argentinian player. That's all the the tease I'll give you. We'll talk about some transfers and where Christian Pulisic might be playing. Does it look like he may be staying where he's at at Chelsea? So we'll touch on that. Plus, get his a uh, you know opinion as well on where the Saints will be playing. So we'll get into all of that in more next segment. As of course, we always remind you to enjoy the playoffs with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right. You should. Same game parlays. You download the app. More importantly, use the promo code LaRose, L-A-R-O-S-E. And if you do, get a hookup here, right? Bet $5 on any NBA team to win here in the second round action of the NBA playoffs and get 150 bucks. It's really that easy when you do that. And uh, those same game parlays are simple. Total number of rebounds, points, threes, who hits how many threes individually, things of that nature. And, and you get hooked up. So give it a try. Look for it. If you haven't done it, you can get hooked up by being a new customer. But existing customers, same thing. Even if one of your legs in the parlays don't hit, uh, up to 25 bucks, you can get one of those legs back. So behooves you to at least give it a try. The DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official betting partner of the NBA. When we come back, your phone calls. It's open if you want to chime into it. Saints heading across the pond. Where? We'll touch on that next. It's a sports hangover in ESPN World. Great news for our video poker players. Cash Magic LaRose has reopened. Yes, Cash Magic LaRose is open and bigger and better than ever in our brand new casino right here in LaRose on Highway 308. So come on in and win. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. June is Men's Health Month. Abdominal aortic aneurysm, or AAA, is a relatively common condition that can lead to sudden death among older male smokers. Yet AAA is highly treatable if detected early. AAA is usually seen in male smokers over the age of 60. The aneurysm often shows no symptoms and can slowly grow in size over a period of years. As it grows, the chance that it will burst or rupture also grows. Few people will survive a ruptured AAA. Signs of a AAA rupture may include sudden, intense abdominal or back pain and trouble breathing. You may be at increased risk for AAA if you smoke, have high cholesterol or blood pressure, or have a family history of AAA. Men between the ages of 65 and 75 who have smoked should undergo a one-time ultrasound screening test, even if they show no symptoms. Knowing the risk factors for AAA and getting screened can help save your life. For more information, visit radiologyinfo.org. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily, plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road Homa. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003 is a way to chime in to the conversation. Coming up at 115, Ali Kosell from the Bird Rights will talk a little more about the Pels, his thoughts on what's going on here in the NBA playoffs again. 
Dylan Brooks breaking the elbow of Gary Payton as he landed. Um, so more than likely he gone for game number three, but we will see if that officially comes down. We'll talk a little Pels here as well. And you know, I want to give a shout out to Evan. He's, uh, Vinny's son over at Vinny's pharmacy where I stopped by today, uh, to get some prescription for my wife who had surgery yesterday. Thankfully all went well and everything. And the reason I'm bringing him up is because they're huge Pels fans. We listen all the time. And so we thank you for that. A and B. What's incredible is listening to a 19-year-old say that that's all he remembers. Like, you know, we've talked about this before, about the fact that if you look at it, they've been here since 2002, 2003. So you have now, you know, a few generations here that have grown up not knowing that New Orleans has not not had an NBA and an NFL franchise, which I think is really cool. So we're talking about it. He's Huge Pels fan, and we're talking um, about the questions of the day that we threw out yesterday. We'll throw them out again to Ali Cosell. The best moment of the season, the best win, biggest win. He liked the, he was with me. He was with the Lakers, the 114-111 win. I know a lot of people yesterday called in about the Clippers win in the play-in that brought them to the, the postseason for a best of seven against the Suns. He agreed with me as well. On the MVP, we said Herb Jones. He actually said it's his favorite player. He has his jersey, and he loves everything about Herb Jones. We just kept talking about Herb most of the time while I was waiting for the prescription to be filled. So it was um it was cool though, man. It, again, and it just goes to show you the love affair that has grown with this franchise. I mean, he, there was a 19 year old kid just chatting with me about Herb Jones, a second round pick. You know, it's incredible. So, uh, it was cool to kind of talk to him about that. So we'll talk about that with Ali Cosell here coming up. And then coming up at, uh, 2.30, Ralph Marlboro, his thoughts on the draft. Remember, he and Sean Fox is coming up at 2.15. Along with Scott, just nervous wrecks, right? The whole offseason. Saints haven't made any moves. They're not going to do, I mean, who's quarterback in? Who's this? What's the receiver? They haven't addressed that. I just said, everybody relax. Look at history. See what they do. And, you know, there were reasons that I thought that they were going to be okay. And look, I, Scott will tell you. I, I said before they made any moves or drafted Olave or did all of that. I, I said I thought they were going to win the NFC South this year. And that was also before Tom Brady came back to Tampa. But I did say it before, and I'm sticking with it. After he retired, I'm like, the Saints are winning the division. They really are. Now, my thing is, I'd love to know, do you think the season ends with Desmond Ritter playing quarterback in Atlanta and Matt Corral playing quarterback in Carolina? I'll ask him about that here as well. But let's get to it. So the NFL is going to be a little bit before, right? I think uh, this month, though, we'll have the, the schedule release. We all love the schedule release for the NFL. We plan weddings. We plan barbecues. We plan all kinds of things when that takes place. We do know one thing. Go ahead and reserve October 2nd. It, you want to go overseas. Saints will be in London. We knew that already. Um, and before you freak out, remember, it's the NFC's turn to have an extra home game. Nine. Because there's uneven games now. Seventeen. So last year is the AFC. This year is the NFC. So you're not technically losing. You're just not having nine home games this year. In the Superdome. And I know there's a ton of concern, including Jamar Chase last week, saying, I'm kind of here in New Orleans, London. And we had kind of heard that that could have been the case. And maybe it was. But since we started hearing the chirping, I think a lot of Saints fans chimed in on social media. were like, no, 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 no. We, we would love to see Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, the AFC representing Cincinnati Bengals in the dome against the Saints. Who wouldn't want to see that? I just, I, and I felt that same way. I'm like, don't put that game in London. Don't put that game in London. I can't wait. I, I think that's one of those highlighted games, you know, for sure. But anyway, it's the Vikings, which again, congratulations. I'm, I'm tired of them. I feel like the Vikings are always here. I could care less about the Vikings. I don't care for them. Hasn't been a good history with them. I'm just, you know what? I don't need to see them. If I'm a Saints fan, I'm good. Put them as far away as possible. They'll be at London's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Kickoff is scheduled for 8.30 a.m. Central. Remember, it's a couple hours ahead over there. So it's going to be televised on the NFL Network. So I don't know. Do we, we can do brunch 
You know, we could do uh, breakfast parties, mimosas. Not that we need excuses or reasons, but I don't know if we're tailgating. Maybe we're waking up at 7.30 and just getting going, you know, that way or not. But uh, anyway, so it's the Saints and the Vikings that will be playing over in London. It's the third time that the Saints would have been across the pond and have played in the London games. Uh, the other two have been at Lundy's Wembley Stadium. And if you remember, they won both of those games. So... Well, it was the Dolphins and Chargers that, that they did that back in 2008. That was the one I was a part of when I was on the Saints sideline uh, broadcast team there as they defeated the Chargers 37-32. And then a couple of years back, it was the Miami Dolphins, Roy. Imagine that. Forgot about that. Yeah, y'all didn't score. That's a heck of a job going all the way across the pond there, you know, seeing Big Ben having some warm beer, fish and chips, and not putting up a point. That's it's really good. Let me tell you something. You get shut out this year with your supposed, you know, Marvel superhero-type offense you guys got. Watch out. I'm not going to let you forget it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, that uh, was the previous seasons that they had. Now, as for the regular season series of the Vikings, 19-12 and 12 overall is uh, – in favor of Minnesota. But they did win the last meeting back in 2021, 52-33. I just I love this Vikings, man. Vikings are kind of one of those teams that just, you beat them, it's great. When you see them, hmm. Interesting, though, one of those teams that have, uh, you know, new coaching, new new direction, new ways. So let, let's see what takes place there. But anyway, London is where the Saints and the Vikings will be playing. For the other teams and games that will be happening, also at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on October 9th, a week later, it's the Giants and Packers playing. That's also an 8.30 central kickoff on the NFL Network. And then the day before Halloween, October 30th at Wembley Stadium, it's the Broncos with Russell Wilson and the Jags. And that game will be, get this, on ESPN+. Plus. It's interesting. Remember, I think this year... The Thursday games are Amazon Prime. So when the schedule comes out, it's going to be something we talk about on schedule release day. Be prepared to go find games using your smart TV, using your Apple TV, using your Fire Stick, or, or something of that nature. There's going to be games this season streamed. Now, I don't know fully, and I'll try to find out. I do know when games are aired, like on the NFL Network or on ESPN, local TV stations are given the opportunity to, I think, purchase those rights or air them on their station. That's why sometimes you do see games that are on ESPN, maybe on another local affiliate or a station of that nature, they can do that. So I don't know. I, I Look, I don't think that's going to involve the Saints. But it may, if it's a Thursday game, right, the, the prime. So... Will Fox 8, say, get a chance to bid on that and then televise the game? I, I'm assuming my guess is probably yes. Um, a, the NFL likes different deals, so they signed that online deal so they can get a bigger payday. The NFL also likes being able to get additional ways to that same payday, so that would be my guess. Again, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm almost positive. I can't imagine that you would sign... You know, these different rights. Now, again, some of those are exclusive. I think that that Amazon thing it is. You may have to watch it literally on Amazon video, Prime video. I mean, I don't know. Um, Germany, the Munich game, I think it's Allianz Arena, home of Bayern Munich. Again, their famous uh, soccer team. That is on November 13th at 8.30, also NFL Network. That's, that's the interesting aspect of all these games. These games used to be like on Fox or on CBS just at 8.30 in the morning. None of them are. Um, the only game that's on ESPN is the Mexico City game. That is on November 21st at 7 p.m. Central. That is on ESPN. So NFL Network for three of them, ESPN Plus for one of them, and then ESPN for the other, and that is the San Francisco 49ers and Arizona Cardinals in the Mexico City game. So that's how it looks from that perspective overseas. Quick break, we come back. We will talk to Scott 
Prather from ESPN Lafayette get his thoughts on not only that game, but of course uh, the end of the Pelican season since we last spoken. It was last Wednesday, and also his thoughts on the draft. Is he more in line with me? Does he think the Saints are NFC South Division champions? I've called that a couple weeks ago. Now, granted, that was when Tom Brady retired, and that was before all of these moves were made. I still feel that way, though. Honestly, if anything, it's probably been reinforced. You're listening to your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys, Dan and Billy Foster. They'll be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse is ready for Cinco de Mayo this week. Yes, it's a celebration Thursday with lots of fun all day. There's two-for-one margaritas, two-dollar beer, plus two-dollar tequila shots as well. There's live music beginning at 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. Come pass a good time at El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse for the best food on the bayou. Great food and drink specials all day and live music. You can't beat that. So see you there at El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse in Raceland on Highway 1. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Sports Hangover 800 998 at Scott Mimic is the way to follow. Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette. He has a show in the mornings. Always appreciate the time when you join us on Wednesday. Scott, good afternoon. How are you, man? I'm great, Gus. How are you? Doing good. Lots to get into. Let's start with the Pelicans. A heck of a season. Heck of a way to it. And, you know, I found this interesting yesterday. Willie Green talked about the mood Friday, right? So it's like exit interview day and everything. I want to play it, and I want to hear your reaction to what he had to say because the reporter brought up the fact that it sure as heck didn't look like a the day normally when, when the season ends and there's disappointment and there's loss. Listen to what he said. It's extremely rare. Um, but we have amazing people, high-character guys, uh, high-character folks in our organization, and they they allow this to happen. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, for everybody, everybody's role. Um, everybody played a part in it. And um, once again, we, we want to we're, – we're excited about what we did this season. Um, but we also understand when we take some time off that we got some work to do, and we look forward to that. And the point was being made to him, Scott, that people were laughing around and joking. You had players bringing in mock Larry O'Brien trophies, and, and, and it was a positive atmosphere and mood. It's incredible, huh, how far the narrative has changed. Screaming A last week over the weekend, saying that Zion is holding the Pelicans back from a championship contention. How about that? Well, you know when when the national media, who doesn't know anything about the team, starts making up new narratives that have to do with the team being good instead of, oh, move them or who cares? Yeah, they're kind of caught there with their pants down like, wait a minute, oh, they're good. Oh, let me come up with something else. The mood around the team right now, the atmosphere, Zion, whenever he met with the media the day after the season ended, it felt Dare I say somewhat genuine, you know? You can tell we have to Genuine and mature were the two words for me. Yeah, I mean, he even noted. I mean, he got asked about, you know, C.J. McCollum and not immediately, you know, talking to him or returning text. He said, look, I was was in a bad place. I was away from the team, you know, and I talked to him, and he's awesome. Mr. McCollum, I love that, by the way. Talked to Mr. McCollum, and, um, you know, I, I think it was good for Zion to be back with the team during the run that they had. Because while it was a first-round exit, Gus, 
it was a playoff run that lasted for over a month because it wasn't the Phoenix series, right? It was all of the games leading up to it. It was giving the Lakers their last knockout blow while also owning their their pick that's going to fall, you know, 99.6% chance of falling in the top 10. It was also the two play-in games. It was the city organically growing the fan base outside of New Orleans over here as well, organically growing with Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, the appreciation for these guys. Obviously, Brandon Ingram seeing what he can do in the postseason. And, you know, it, it, my guess is, Gus, next year, first-round exit, you're not having a um, a disappointed but also optimistic view, right? Because with this success comes new expectations, especially – with the return of Zion Williamson. So, you know, from where they started to where they ended, it was undeniable. And I think that's why fans, you know, got frustrated at the national narrative. It's one thing when you rip it on the team when they're 1-12, right. and 3-16, and 16, but when you and I began to see, and everybody who follows this team began to see, they've really turned this thing around. There's a lot of positive momentum. They're coming together. This team loves one another. And yet, you know, if you went somewhere other than local, you went national, all you heard was stuff about Zion and they should trade him or move the team. And it would frustrate them. But that's why I remind people that are listening right now, Gus, go local, whether it be writers, whether it be on the radio, don't worry about the national narrative and all this other stuff. And, and local is the key, right? It's the key to this team connecting with the fan base, which I feel like they have probably more in the last few months than, dare I say, ever. Right, that connection between team and fan, and I'm talking about specifically the Pelicans, I don't know that they've ever been able to connect with the fan base in the last 20 years on the same level that they have just over the last three to four months. Scott, what what's the next step in, in, in the move that needs to happen? Because I think the, it's weird. We had a caller yesterday, and he was absolutely right, right? The last several off-seasons, I've, I've almost been trained. I don't know how to handle this off-season, Scott. I mean, it's been who's a new coach or if Zion is staying or what players do you try to get? I, I mean, it's like you legitimately are sitting here, and I'm kind of stuck in, in that if you get a higher spot here next week in the draft lottery, what way do you go? Do you use that? for a veteran player that can come in. We saw the impact immediately, right, of Larry Nance and, and C.J. McCollum. So that that's 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 a, a way to look at it. You go get a guy that's a vet that knows what he's doing, come in and help you. Do you use it for a young player? My problem with that is, well, where is he playing? And who is he playing? And whose minutes is he taking? So I, I kind of don't know. Like, what, what do you think is the steps and move? They need some work to do and some help in additions. But where specifically? Well, I think you're already, a, let's say Zion signs an extension, right? You're already over the luxury tax. Um, I think when you have the impact that you saw from this rookie class, wherever you're drafting, whether it's eighth overall, which is where it's likely to be, or in the top four, um, it, get a player that can help you. Having a player on a rookie deal for a team that, I'm not saying Miss Benson won't pay the luxury tax. I have no idea but I don't think she's going to play a gigantic tax, right? You know, and, and the two teams that were the highest taxpayers in the league this year were the two L.A. teams. They didn't step the playoffs. So um, it, money talks, right, um, and fit, right? The, the, the good thing is, Gus, I mean, I'm I go back to Zion, right? You see where this team is building, and it's like, imagine if you added an all-star to it. Well, you are. You're adding an all-star. He's already there. So, in terms of adding veterans, adding veterans, you can do that for sure, but I don't know that that necessarily is the big focus here. I would stay where you are, trust your scouting department. They obviously knocked it absolutely out of the park last year. Trust your scouting department. Get a rookie who may not play early in the season, but ultimately you see as a major contributor in the rotation for the next four to five years. You know, you, you look at Boston and what they were able to do with picks like Jalen Brown and Tatum and how far they were able to get when those guys were on their rookie deals and then the veterans they had around them and then when they were due for the contract, how they had to start going a different route. That's how you have to approach this. I don't think you can go out and, and trade and take on a large contract. I, right. I think this team is in a great spot 
you're going to add an all-star, I mean, let's not forget how incredible Zion Williamson was last season. You're adding that to this group on the floor. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're drafting eighth or in the top four, find a rookie that can make an impact. And, you know, if it's anything close to what your rookie class did this past year, I don't think it's just about next year. I'm thinking two, three, four years from now. I mean, I, I don't know that they'll give him an extension. McCollum's due for an extension as well. So there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's some decisions that they have to make from a financial standpoint, and that's why I think you just hold on to that pick that you have from the Lakers and you draft a guy that you trust your scouting department did their due diligence with. Speaking with Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette, Scott mimics the way to follow him over on Twitter, has his own show in the morning. What's it called? The Great Scott Show, huh? Something like that? That's right. Great there it is. Scott I remember. Show. I love it. Um, so, CBSSports.com as we transition over to the black and gold here and get your thoughts. And no doubt I know what you're talking about tomorrow morning. Uh, <clears throat> you, you may have some sound from a certain new Saints player. I'm just hitting that now. Um, they have the, 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 the best draft pick that the team has. Okay. That, that he likes. Um, this writer for CBSSports.com. And he went with DeMarco Jackson. Not Chris Olave, not Trevor Penning. He went with DeMarco Jackson. He writes, Jackson is another 2022 draft pick in an exquisite mentee situation. Learning from all pro defensive uh, player, DeMario Davis will work wonders for him as he progresses into an eventual full-time role on the Saints defense. Jackson possesses above-average short area quickness and displayed playmaking skills and coverage, which is huge in all caps. To go along with this blitzing efficiency, uh, efficiency and tenacious play against the run. Saints fans will learn, will learn soon enough. Jackson was a steal. So that's the opinion of Chris Trapasso from CBSSports.com. And if he's talking about the fifth round pick doing that, when I think Saints fans already like the first round picks, what do you make of what the Saints did on draft? days one two and three well they were aggressive and they got guys with high RAS scores right i mean we had some questions about how much it may change with sean payton not in the fold maybe it did a little right there was some rumblings that you know dennis allen really liked george davis but everyone in the building's like we really need offense and we really like a lot base so let's go that route but 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 let's look at the defense right you mentioned marco jackson right an 8.29 RAS score um, four or five speed, and yet, you know, he's playing linebacker where DeMario Davis and Pete Warner seem to have that thing shored up. But is it a few years down the line? Obviously, I expect Jackson to make an impact on special teams this year. And if you get that kind of production, think, think Craig Robinson type, right? Uh, special, potential special teams captain can play multiple linebacker spots. Maybe that's what Jackson turns into. Maybe it's something considerably higher. I don't know. I know for him. He's not going to have the big expectations coming in that Olave and, and, and Trevor Penning are. I mean, you and I have said it. If those two draft picks hit, fans aren't going to talk about all of the other spots that they gave up to get those two guys or to get that guy in Olave. If mm-hmm. Olave is okay and the receiver taken after him is great, even though it's not that simple, it has to do with fit and staff and city and all that stuff, it's just not how fans look at it, right? It's, well, that guy was better. If Olave kills. You're going to look back at this draft and be so grateful that the Saints did what they did. So, you know, what I learned from the draft, Gus, is that they ain't changing. Raz scores and being ultra-aggressive. It's not the Patriot way of let's just acquire a ton of picks, and that way our margin for error is very wide. It's we trust our scouts. We trust our talent evaluators. Only five picks. We expect all five to make a big impact. And time will tell if that's the case, but – I get why fans are excited. You see a lot of mock drafts. You see, oh, you need a receiver. Oh, you need an O-lineman. I told you on Friday on my show, uh, or last Thursday, rather, I'm like, if they take a lineman and they take a receiver with those first two picks, I'm going to be good with it. And, you know, they gave up a little to get a lot of it, but I'm good with it. you got two positions of need and two guys that I expect us, honestly, to be starting week one. It's going to be interesting to kind of see, obviously, where this team sort of goes and – where they are in the hierarchy in the NFC. Dan Arvlosky, you know, on Monday, he has them third in the NFC. He has the Eagles, which everyone's now picking to win at East. I think that's a bit much, but 
just what it is. They got the Packers four, Saints three, Dan had, and then the Bucks two with the Rams one. You know me. I mean, to say it. I, I, I said it earlier in the show that you, you, you will at least vouch for me on your show. I said the Saints would win the <laughs> NFC South. Now this was before Brady came back. He was retired. And this was before any of the other moves the teams have made. But you know, about a month and a half ago, almost two now, I, I did say I thought the Saints would win a division. You did. You, you were you were on it. You've stayed on it. I am not quite <laughs> as uh, confident as you, but uh, you know, I, I just look. Regardless of what you and I think, what do the Saints think? The Saints think we're competing now. A lot of teams, mm-hmm. you, you lose greatest, most accurate, well, most accurate passer in NFL history. You lose a head coach. You lose a lot, right? A lot of teams are okay. Let's hit reset. That's not the Saints' mindset. Mm-hmm. Right, they they feel like we're winning south next year. We're being aggressive in this draft, and honestly, guys, whether you're listening right now and, and you think that's the right move, or whether you're listening and you think that's the wrong move, mm-hmm. be glad you're rooting for a team that thinks that way. You don't want to get stuck in the Siberia of hitting that reset button over and over. Maybe it's a soft reset. Maybe you're not powering off the system. You're just saying, you know what? We're just gonna, you know, tinker a few things and go from here. So, I, you know, will we'll, we'll all those missed draft picks that they gave up on them? Time will tell. But I'm not going to criticize them right now based on what they're doing and what their mindset is because I think they got two guys, possibly more, that are going to be helping you day one in 2023. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. Scott Prather, as always, appreciate the time. It's Scott Mimic. It's a way to give you a follow over on Twitter, the Great Scott Show, over there if you want to go check it out as well. Thank you, man. appreciate the time. Anytime, my friend. Thank you, guys. Yep, for sure. Quick break. When we come back, we will open up the phone lines, 800-998-1003. A couple of questions of the day is, you know, what do you think of Draymond Green? Is he the villain? Do you like villains? I think we need villains, huh? Don't we? It's always fun to boo. I mean, Jay Crowder sure was for Pell's fans. That is for sure. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. It's Gus Gell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or Bien View on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams, and you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Tiger Woods' effect was this. Parents of athletic young children started putting golf clubs in their hands. Because Tiger, right? Oh, look at this. He became the biggest star in the world after Jordan. So now when Tiger got older and came back from injury and everything, he is a victim of his own success and influence because now he's playing against a better group of athletes than ever before, partly because of him, right? He raised the game. I wonder... How much LeBron style of play, right? Because after after MJ, it was all ISO hero ball guys. LeBron ushered in the new era of like Magic meets Michael. You can score if you have to, but Luka Doncic and all these guys are are distributing the ball and everything now. I wonder how much LeBron is a victim of his own influence at this point in his career. Just as he's getting older, he's facing better players than ever before because he showed them the way. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Come on, Citizen! What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. You want me to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. It's your home for Pelicans basketball. It's the Sports Hangover weekdays from 12 to 3. You can catch us live on the radio. You can also do so via the TuneIn Radio app or ESPN1003.com. On Wednesdays, we've been uh, chiming in 
with Pat G. Conterry. Coach G is the way we like to give him a buzz. We took a couple Wednesdays off with so many different things that were going on, Pat. It wasn't you. I promise it. And it was a Wednesday or something. <laughs> I forgot it was Wednesday. Then we tried. Never Thursday. thought it was. <laughs> exactly. Either way, though, we got a handful of different topics to kind of get into here. Let's start, though, with football meeting football. In other words, the Saints will be playing at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in October uh, against the Vikings. Now, look, that's one of those popular places. I know there was a lot of excitement already I saw on social media that that's a place that maybe some fans would want to go. They played at Wembley the last two years before. Mm-hmm. In relation, if I'm geography 101 and I'm just – I know where London is. Where is Tottenham? It's it's right in the middle. It's it's one of the biggest. It's, I think it's the third biggest stadium um, in all in England. But yeah, it's right in the middle of of London, and um, it's gonna be a great atmosphere um, for uh, both the Saints as well as uh, the Vikings. Um, you guys kind of beat me to it with the line. If football is in football, or was the famous saying from Ghostbusters, "Don't cross streams." Seems like we <laughs> cross the streams right now, where we have football playing at a football kind of stadium. Um, it's kind of tough to see what is going on with the NFL and if it's a good thing or not. Because I don't know if you remember or not, but in the year 1991 through 2007, NFL actually had a league over there, and it wasn't such a huge success as it only really lasted about 15, 16 years. So even though the stadium holds about 20, uh, sorry. 62,000, so it's a little less than the Superdome. It's an open-air stadium, but again, the crowds that you would watch right now, they're watching soccer games. So you have right. soccer fans watching soccer games where you might have, let's say, a couple hundred thousand, maybe expats. Not all of them are going to be um, uh, football fans. They're all going to be Saints fans or Viking fans. So you might see some random uniforms in the crowd for that game, but I don't really see a huge pull for, for that sport. Now, I believe it's going to be, what, Arizona, San Francisco, and Mexico City, but football is bigger in Mexico than it is in Europe. So right. I can see that game being much bigger than, I think, what, three or four games that they have scheduled all in London. Mm-hmm. But it's always going to be good to see the Saints going overseas, just get another kind of venue, get another atmosphere, kind of spread their name throughout uh, throughout this world. So it's kind of stinks to be being from New Orleans and the great cuisine and the great food and the great atmosphere here. So, you know, when they go over to London, they're going to eat, you know, fish and chips and shepherd's pie and bangers and mash. And other stuff that we're going to be kind of scratching our heads, like, what is that? So if you're from Minnesota, that might be a great thing because their food is kind of bland up there. So um, overall, <laughs> big thing for the Saints, yeah. it's, it's, it's hit or miss for me. I don't know if it's going to be a money thing, but I think they do a lot better here in the States. Um, and getting the, the fans here in the States, you're not going to have that many people out there in London. But even though NFL is trying to spread this to a world game, it's so hard when you have soccer or football entrenched fans for generations generations to mm-hmm. to come out and to support an NFL team like that. So we'll kind of see. But again, it's excitement for um, any NFL team to go out there and play. So we'll kind of we'll kind of sit back and watch. Uh, I think it's at 8.30 in the morning, something like that. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll kind of have our mimosas in the morning time and hope we have a great breakfast around 7 o'clock and uh, watch our uh, Saints uh, take on the Vikings then. Sounds good. That was a direct flight British Airways. It flies over the house here two, three days a week. Uh, it's a direct flight, man. It's, you know, I could maybe do that. It's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I think right now is mm-hmm. what they're doing. I think they increase it to four in the summer. But anyway, uh, that's hey, just let me know if you want me to go over there and, you know, be your sideline reporter, you know, oh, I, 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 I'll, I just get my visas and all that stuff ready to go. So just let I me know, you. man. Um, <laughs> speaking of England, that was the team in which Argentina won that World yeah. Cup back in 1986. The hand of God goal. That jersey worn by Diego Maradona, the late one, right? Uh, 9.28 yeah. million at an auction at, uh, Sotheby's in London there. Why is that goal still talked about today in that game? Well, it, it, actually, I'm going to expand on it. It's the, both of the goals for that game that he scored are both legendary, iconic goals. So for that uniform, it actually has two of his goals. So yes, the infamous uh, hand of God when he went up for a header and somehow his, look at his right hand went above his uh, head to punch it to, uh, to score a goal, which is the infamous hand of God. And he said, no, I never touched it. I never touched it with my hand. Blah, blah, blah. It was God wanted me to score that goal. X, Y, and Z. Well, they didn't have replay or far, but <laughs> like we do today. And it was obviously, it was a hand of Diego Maradona. Um, the next goal, the, the second goal, is one of his most infamous ones because he actually dribbled from halfway and more or less dribbled through the entire English 
defense as well as midfielders to score the second goal. He was cutting left and he was cutting right. He was jumping over people. He was stopping. He was going. Is one of his again one of his second or maybe his third most infamous goals um, for the club. So two goals. I can see why this shirt almost um, was about ten million dollars. Um, the legacy of him, especially in soccer, especially in Europe. Um, also, I think, I think it's kind of ironic that he sold, the uniform was sold in London and England, even though that uniform beat England. But anyways, um, but it's just kind of crazy to see how much a soccer uniform or any kind of uniform can go for. I think this out um, outranked uh, Babe Ruth's uniform. Um, yeah, and other uniforms. So this is yeah. <laughs> so I think Sotheby's said this uniform might go for like five million dollars, and yeah. it, it doubled that. So just to show you how important and how popular soccer is throughout the world of a uniform like that going for $10 million. So that's why I think the Saints game, going back to kind of wrapping everything up, that's why the Saints, the Vikings game, or any NFL game over in Europe, it's going to be kind of a um, question mark, kind of a novelty kind of act, just because it is such a soccer, cricket, um, you would say handball. You, there's so many other sports out there that I think football for them is just kind of a novelty sport, kind of like, um, I guess you want to say, what soccer is here in uh, in, uh, in, the, in the States for right now. So um, it's going to be tough to see, but, you know, with the NFL in Europe, you know, we saw a couple great players come come from there, like Kurt Warner and Adam Vinatieri. So there was some promise back in the day, but there's not a lot of love for NFL. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that $10 million for a, a piece of cloth, a uniform, um, it's unbelievable. So we'll see in the future how much that uniform will go for. Pat Sheik on Terry, Coach Steve, final thing, got about three and a half minutes here. I, I was perusing the soccer page on ESPN, and I, I see mm-hmm. a lot of um, what the summer transfer is about to be happening. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're kind of grading the previous transfers and things that, from Ronaldo to Messi. And, you know, now you're seeing, will it be, um, what are you looking at when it comes to maybe Christian Pulisic? Could Christian yeah. Pulisic be going somewhere else. Yeah, it's interesting because what's going on with Chelsea right now with uh, the, the Russian owner, it seems like it's going to be a fire sale. Like, they're going to get rid of a lot of their players and just try to recoup any kind of money just for the club, just for the club, not for the owner, but for the club itself. Um, one of the names is Christian Pulisic, and He's the type of player that he is coming off the bench a lot for Chelsea, but he needs to find a team where he can get regular play. Now, Juve in, the, in Serie A, the Italian team, um, they kind of dropped a little bit this year with obviously uh, Ronaldo going to Man U. They lost some of their, or a lot of their offensive power. So with Pulisic, he, they, he can bring some of that offensive um, charm, offensive flair um, to Juve. He'll get a regular playing time, and the biggest thing is, Weston Kenny's there. We have another American on that team that could also help him um, translate to transfer to the Italian league. They can work together in the midfield, which also will translate to the U.S. national men's team. So when I heard that Juve uh, could be against, there could be a possibility for him to go there, excitement. If Christian stays in the English league, um, he would have to stay kind of a, a high to a mid-level table okay. uh, team where, you know, it's, it's going to be like a West Ham. It's going to be, I want to say a Tottenham, but it's going to be a team from like 5 to 10 right in there where he's still going to be a star. He's still going to be producing, but the biggest thing is he's going to get some miles under his feet, and that's all we need for Americans to do in the European game is get some miles on the pitch, get some miles under their feet, and learn that game so when you come for the national team, we have a better sense of what's going on. So this Juve uh, possibility with uh, McKinney, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say let's go for that. Let's see what happens. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this summer. There's going to be a lot of names going out there. Even uh, Ronaldo's talking about maybe not staying with Man U, but he kind of saved them uh, their season this year. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a good and bad, bad transfer for Man U and for the EPL. But, yeah, to see Christian Pulisic possibly going to Juve, I'm a thumbs up. I'm all, I'm all go for that. So you think the, the thing that, that, that kind of wraps it all up here in about 30, 35 seconds. It's just a better fit for him, you think? Yes. Okay. Oh, without a doubt. Again, he just needs playing time. He needs steady playing time. And if you're on the bench, you, your only playing time is during practice. Well, no one really cares what you do at practice. People care what you do in the game. So anytime he can be on the field, the, the better. So if he goes to another, again, another mid-level team to in the EPL or some other European team, I'm all about it. He has such great potential. He has such, such great IQ. It's a waste. Hey, give him all that money to sit on the bench. Give me half of that and play me. I'll be happy. But it's just a waste of money to give him money just for him to sit on the bench. Let him show his talent. Let him get better. So by holding him back, it's actually kind of um, 
nothing detriment for the team, but why would you spend all that money to get him from um, Dortmund in the German league for Chelsea and not to play him? So, um, again, Chelsea is just unraveling kind of quickly, but for him to get better and have him um, be a, a bigger part of the national team, send him to Juve. Let's, let's get him over to Europe. Uh, so let's get him over to uh, Italy. Let's get him playing with McKinney. And to have that solid core of uh, midfielders with both of them, Juve should be unstoppable. But again, he just needs to get regular playing time, not come off the bench. He needs to get at least 85 to 90 minutes per game under his belt. There it is. Pat Cheek on Terry. Coach Cheek, we'd like to give him a buzz. We'll chat in with you again next Wednesday, bud. Appreciate the time. Take care, sir. Yep, for sure. As always, hour one in the books, just like that. We come back, Ali Cosell coming up at 115. We'll talk a little Pels, a little NBA here as well. 215, Sean Fox and 230, Ralph Marlboro. Plus your phone calls rest of the way. So sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans, your home for Pelicans basketball. Okay, let's start unloading the sod over here. The grass is always greener when Haruka's lawn care does the mowing. And then we want to get the flower bed started before lunch. They need a new landscaping designer to keep their budding business growing. Can we double check the incline here? This one needs to drain this way. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job 